Hello, and welcome to First Seven-Inch Club, episode 84. First Seven-Inch Club is a podcast where we dig up seven inches from the past within the realms of hardcore, punk, and metal, and discuss whether or not they're worth being remembered. We also provide facts and trivia that we get from the internet and our own personal experiences. Uh, we don't consider ourselves know-it-alls or experts, but many other people do. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, we're still we're still riding a perfect wave four episodes in a row perfect wow so uh i think i think there was a there's a little there's a little cor- corrections from nate but nothing uh mm-hmm. too damning so we're doing pretty good i'm mike and with me is scott mike before we get to anything else i want everyone to pause this get rid of your podcast player for a minute go watch the video for Seventy Thousand thorns by kim dracula kim dracula <laughs> um, i want everyone to share in this because i don't know like I would say from the other videos that Kim Dracula is in on the bit, yeah. but this song is pushing really hard into something like hateful and pure, and <laughs> I don't think you could do it ironically. I don't know, but I don't want to spoil it. If I describe it, it'll ruin it. Anything I could say is going to ruin it. So everyone just check in with me after you watch it so we can talk about it. But right now, right now I hate it. I hate it a lot. It's like, it's like an <laughs> ice pick in my heart, but I know myself and I know I'm going to watch this video every once in a while for some reason. And just like putting my hand in the box of pain, I'm just going to watch this thing to recharge. <laughs> and then I'll be buying Kim Dracula shirts and stuff. Like I'm going to like something like Rammstein. Same with Rammstein. I was watching the video for Sun by Rammstein as kind of a joke to myself. And I was like, you know, actually, I kind of like this. This Now I love Rammstein. So someday I'm going to be a Kim Dracula fan and it's going to it's gonna be a bad scene. Um, over the weekend, over the, I think it was over the weekend, I was listening to something. I don't remember what it was, but they brought up Ticketmaster and the old days of Ticketmaster. And I don't think about this anymore, but Ticketmaster used to be in weird places. Yes. Like to go get tickets, it would be in weird places. And where, where was your Ticketmaster when you were a kid? Like where did you go to get tickets in person? Uh, there was actually the video store I illegally worked at as a kid, uh, did Ticketmaster. But what happened is this, this video store I illegally worked at also uh, illegally rented bootleg videotapes. Mm. And uh, as a punishment, they took away the Ticketmaster. That oh, was the big shit. punishment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they punished the whole neighborhood that way, though. Where do you yeah, get th- tickets after that? I think outside of that, it was like, I don't know if it was FYE or like a, a progenitor of yeah. FYE, but some record store in the mall would be Ticketmaster outside of that, though. Yeah, that like later on, I think that they spread out to be like media stores and stuff. But in the old days, ours was in the back of a Macy's. <laughs> that was the only, t- that's the only ticket. Maybe it was Sears. I think it was Macy's. And... It was really, I was just thinking about how weird it, because I never did this, but I was thinking about how weird it must have been for the kinds of events back in the day where people like would line up or camp. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. To get tickets for the stones or whatever the fuck people yeah. would line up for. back. And there's no easy route through Colony Center to get to the Macy's <laughs> kiosk because their services were just this weird little box in the back of the store that was almost like the offices in Beetlejuice or something like that. They were just this like hidden haunted area behind like the pots and pans section of Macy's at the ass of the store. And there was, it's not like you could line up in Macy's or even outside of Macy's in the mall. Cause the mall was closed. So do people just sleep on the sidewalk outside the mall by the, <laughs> it, it, I can't think of how it ever happened. Did you, have you ever lined up for anything? Not really ever expecting to be there that long. Like uh, <laughs> there's definitely some things I've, I've waited for in New York that took a couple hours in yeah. line, but it wasn't like, Oh man, I got a camp for this. It was just like, oh, this is New York. That's how it goes. Yep. So there was no, nothing ever like that. No, I've never. Uh, the only big concert I ever went to when I was a kid was what, like one Metallica show, and my friends got me the tickets. So I never did. The closest I ever came was at the singer of my ska band when I was when we were in when I was in college or whatever. 
he was like a really enthusiastic dude about everything. He was like a master criminal, master mm -hmm. shoplifter, really posy, and he was game for anything, and he loved Star Wars. So he insisted on us all going to opening day of The Phantom Menace. <laughs> and he made it happen. Like he went, I don't know what he did, but he went and did something. He lined up or he slept in, in front of the theater or something like that. And he got his opening day tickets. And that's the first thing I ever remember being at where people were walking around in broad daylight with sabers and Jedi robes. Cause that, you know, uh, for listeners under 35, that shit was not normal back in the no. day. Cosplay, no. <laughs> the word cosplay was strictly confined to anime dorks. No one ever said that word out loud and people didn't, <laughs> all dress up like Spider-Man and shit like that at comic cons. It, it wasn't that way. This is the first thing I, I ever went to where people were just walking around dressed as stormtroopers and Boba Fett's and shit like that. I'd never seen that anywhere else, like other than the Halloween and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, he insisted on this big outing for our band and our friends to go see the Phantom Menace. And it was a really weird feeling to be sitting outside of a theater, like waiting. I didn't, I've ne we had to wait in the line outside <laughs> the fucking theater. I've never done that before. I've never done it since. I'm like, what am I doing? What are we doing? Why are we waiting for this? This is a fucking movie. And then it was an even weirder feeling to be sitting in the theater watching the first Star Wars that sucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's going on at this? <laughs> what happened to me today? <laughs> did, I, did I fuck up? And then, uh, so at the end of the movie, he got up, that same dude got up and he goes, we're going again. We're going, to, we're going again tomorrow. Like real serious. <laughs> it's like, okay. I figured I should double check because I couldn't believe yeah. the movie was that bad. I was like, I, I, I got to double check. We'll go see this again. And uh, it turned out that he was basically doing the same thing. Like he was so distraught by that movie. He was trying to hold it down because he's a posy guy. And yeah. he just wanted us all to try again. So he's like, we're going to do this tomorrow. It's going to be better. We're gonna, <laughs> I'll get his tickets. We're going to do this again. And uh, yeah, so he waited like he waited, I guess, overnight for two nights in a row to see the first worst Jesus Star Christ. Wars movie. And uh, yeah, and we all had to uh, show up early and stand in line. Br bridge too far. I, and I could feel in my bones that that was the future. I was standing there in yeah. line looking around. I had like the Christopher Walken dead zone vision of like Harry Potter moms camping out at Barnes and Noble to get a book, like a, a paperback <laughs> book that everyone's going to be able to buy very soon. But I've never done it. Other than that, I've never done it. And I don't understand <laughs> the allure yeah. of doing that there's a clip I'm, sh I'm sure you could probably put in some terms for it to pop up but um there i think it was i think it was kind of tradition for news to do this but uh like you know five ten years ago where they would go to like whatever the big uh the big arena the nfl arena was in, in that area yeah and and see like who who are the old people still waiting for yeah for camping out for season tickets and it was like that like there's i think it was a minnesota in, in, for the vikings and it was just like one guy in line and the <laughs> newscasters the journalist or whatever broadcaster is just like you know you could do this online and he's like oh i don't trust those computers and he's saying <laughs> stuff like that so yeah there's still there's still probably whack jobs out there just doing it for stuff that you don't even need to wait in line for anymore yeah that's fully in my mind a guy sitting on like a lawn chair by himself <laughs> outside of an arena <laughs> clear memory of that <laughs> first to get a little business out of the way uh you could find us at first seven inch club at gmail.com you could uh, hit up our Instagram at First Seven Inch Club, and that leads to a link tree that has all our pertinent links, including the aforementioned Patreon, which is also Patreon slash First Seven Inch Club. I will go over the uh, little Patreon queeks and quirks in a little mm -hmm. while because uh, we kind of just like mumbled through it last last week because we didn't really have a plan, but now we have a plan in place, and we will yeah. get to that. But first. I want to talk about our friends at stateofmindrecordings.com. <laughs> uh, this is a distro on the internet. 
has a bunch of records, a lot of old records, a lot of new records. Uh, every week we try and feature a record that uh, we want to talk about, a record of note. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, for the past couple weeks, we're kind of busting this guy's balls, making mm-hmm. real stupid fucking records. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I figured I'd, I'd throw a softball, and this is not a record I particularly like if you go into the, uh, the very old uh, pre-First 7-Inch Club Border Boss archives you can find an episode we did about this band but uh, he just got in some picture discs by the band Poison the Well uh, oh, from shit. their uh, their LP I believe it's their second LP Tear from the Red maybe it's their first yeah second full length yeah, second LP uh, it's a picture disc Tear from the Red these are these are old stock this isn't like a new picture disc uh, it's only 1895 and uh, like I said I never really got on the Poison the Well train but no. I definitely uh, you know, I'm very clear of, of, of their influence on a lot of music, and uh, they, you can't deny that. And I definitely, I definitely, definitely think that this is this. We are weeks, we are months away until this is like the new uh, throwback uh, soup du jour for wow. for bands. Is yeah. to just sound like early 2000s metalcore because it's coming. Because we're we're getting through the 90s. We're almost we almost got that out of our system. So the early 2000s is coming. Early 2000s metalcore is coming. And uh, Poison the Well is going to be on the tip of everybody's tongues again. So for 18.95, you can own this record that might skyrocket in price because not only is this a picture disc, but it is an import picture disc that's not really sold in America too often. So uh, I think it was on yeah, it was on Good Life Recordings. And uh, he has a couple. He has the first press and the second press. So if you want to just hang them all over the fu- your fucking wall, you can get both presses like a fucking freak. But uh, <laughs> also, you could also throw any as a. <laughs> you'd be the first. You'd be the yeah, first. <laughs> Yeah, since 2002, probably. You'll be the first person to do that. And uh, he also has a Nora picture disc, if you just want to throw that in for a triple crown. I don't know why you would, but, you know, maybe. But, but yeah, just pick up that Poison the Well. I think, uh, like I said, I think this is going to be the next wave for uh, kind of, you know, more popular hardcore is definitely that uh, that old metalcore wave. And uh, these are gonna, I think these are going to go quick. So uh, go check out that Poison the Well at stateofmindrecordings.com. I can't tell what's on the cover. It almost looks like a little medicine bottle with a bat yeah. in it. Yeah, I Which think that's what it's something like that. Or pretty, a bird, a crow, or whatever the fuck was popular back then. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know that you're right because um, some of the people that we know who sort of form throwback, kind of sincere, uh, you know, bummer, angry, metalcore, old man bands are getting mm-hmm. away from that. So once the old men unleash the last gasp on something like that, on sincere metalcore, once they're done with it, then the young people can pick it back up again. Yeah. Like what, it's 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 drifting away from the hands of the withered, graying, arthritic hands of old men. It's it's <laughs> slipping through, and the young people will see it on the basement floor and say, "Oh, this is this shit's cool, dude. This is really, really boring. This is really boring music. Let's <laughs> let's resurrect this." It's, it's it's I think it's definitely gonna. I don't I don't necessarily think it'll be boring, but I think I think it's definitely gonna happen. So. No, I think the kid. I honestly think the kids are better than us at uh, yeah. almost all this shit. Like everything, they only make one song a year uh, for these bands <laughs> yeah. so they do a really good job of it when yeah they, they work real hard yeah. uh, doing one song and then getting to like tour japan off of one song so yeah, pretty much <laughs> so uh, yeah they got it all figured out okay uh stateofmindrecordings.com check it out so uh moving on as i as i said we have a patreon now and uh, to clear away what you're going to get on the Patreon, I just want to discuss that. I want to kind of make this uniform so it's hammered into your head so you feel like you need to uh, to subscribe. Um, so it's it's very cheap. So the the main, the high the high roller tier is the $5 tier. 
With that tier, you get two exclusive episodes per month the minute they're ready to be uploaded. Uh, These will be different from the main feed content. We have a rotating assortment of mini podcasts that'll be cycled in and out. Um, Some, I assume, more than others. Uh, Examples would be Border Boss Classic, which we are going to be recording right after this episode. So you'll probably be getting that this week if you're a Patreon Mm -hmm. subscriber. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk Bacula, that's the Quantum Leap recaps. I don't know if we're going to be doing that. Border Boss, but it's Border (laughs) Boss with a OA, so Board or Boss. Uh, That's board game content. Again, I don't know if we're going to do that. These are just examples, guys. Uh, Mm -hmm. Somebody in the the, the Instagram comments uh, wanted us to bring back an old kissing contest thing called university of tube. That was a, a segment on kissing contest for about two weeks. So, so that might come mm-hmm. back where we talk about YouTube weirdos. Uh, we're going to do something kind of, uh, almost ripping off a couple podcasts, namely purple stuff, which is, uh, we might go through some old zines in, in metal magazines and, uh, pick our th- three to five favorite things out of those things to talk about each episode. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't have a name yet, but, uh, we will also provide scans of those in the, um, in the uh the patreon feed so you don't have to blindly just imagine what we're talking about <laughs> you can look at it too ouija yeah. board envision <laughs> yeah uh you'll also get a shout out uh once a month at the beginning of the month on that episode the first of the month episode um for now since we don't have many patreons we could probably work that into the uh the beginning this little spiel that we do now if we get super popular we're going to probably push that to the end but we'll we'll see for now i'm sure if you're a five dollar subscriber you will get your shout out right at the top of the show and uh we'll also throw knickknacks do doodads uh scott's putting up the outro songs on the feed shit like that so you get that two dollar tier if you're a little cheaper if you're a little tight up money um you'll get the same thing but you'll get it two weeks later so So uh, you just you just get a, a small penalty for being cheap. You just get it a couple weeks later. Uh, somebody, Greg, mentioned that we should put everything, including the main feed, on on the RSS Patreon feed. And I believe, like I said, I don't have much experience with podcasts on Patreon, but the two I do have experience with, that's how they do it. So we, we'll do that, too. We'll put uh, the main episode so you don't have to have 18 feeds on your podcatcher going. Yeah. And you could just uh, do away with the old feed and, and go for the... Uh, the patreon feed i also know there's a way to stagger it to penalize you guys the two weeks i didn't really look at it though but i know there's a way to do it because i'm copying this whole hog from another podcast so that that's how it works but yeah that's pretty much the patreon in a nutshell and uh you know if we add more shit to it or, or take it away or do whatever we will update you but uh but check it out patreon.com slash first seven inch club yeah i, I want to keep it like cool in there but i also like do you think it is bad to litter it with random shit like, so my thing that I'm, I want to do is I want to go through the old show and pull mm. out songs yeah, and, and things that we did that were whatever, like if there's something that's fun, I want to pull out basically all the, all the custom songs, all the stuff we did and then make like a band camp with it. But as I pull them out and fix them, I could just throw them in there and then yeah. you know, members I, two and five can have a, uh, <laughs> have that <laughs> once in a while for fun. Yeah. I, I don't think, no, I don't think so. I, the, one of the Patreons I do subscribe to, it's not. He does audio sometimes, but he's a guy who's also like, I hate Patreon, so I want to give you guys a value. And he puts shit up I never look at like every day. And I'm just like, I don't. But, you know, all you do is get an email that says, hey, there's new shit up. So if you want to ignore it, you could ignore it. So I don't think it's a big deal to throw in shit. I'm going to really test the limits of this, too. I I opened it up the other day, but I was like, "Eh, this is not as navigatable as i thought it was going to be so so i just yeah i was like i'll do this more when i have a little time but i gotta figure out how to do the stagger in the next couple days because the two week stagger thing i think there is this thing just there's a setting just to make it 
penalize the uh the lower tiers yeah. or something like that and I, I have to find that and turn that on i guess yeah if, if yeah I, I have a feeling maybe i'll just take a vote i'll take a, i'll have a high roller island and the high rollers <laughs> can be on the island with me and i'll hold the stick and i'll say do you guys really care about this two weeks or can everybody have it and you could just be the high rollers <laughs> yeah i i don't know yeah you could figure it out but yeah. i know i mean like if there's a problem like i said i'm stealing this from another podcast so i can just yeah. ask them if, if it's a fucking problem yeah. and those 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 guys are like technologically illiterate so if they could figure it out i'm sure uh, we can figure it out yeah we're doing um it. outside of that the only thing i really wanted to briefly talk about was that andrew from overnight drive uh, accused me of having a Chicago accent now, and I don't know if that's true. I've wow. I've heard I've asked a couple people. I'm getting differing opinions, so I don't really know if it's true. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't know. So I, I, people out there, I don't think a lot of people listen from Chicago, but you could you could chime in if you think I sound like a native Chicagoan now. I do know is that uh police line the police line records have been probably our most requested seven inch that haven't been done yet mm -hmm. and it's just because like the i don't own them but it's just because the the perfect storm of me buying things from places that have police line seven it just never really lines up but yeah. uh, now i'm definitely going to make it a top priority to get yeah, those police Andrew, line records yeah <laughs> you, you speak the fuck up you just made our to-do list motherfucker <laughs> you're right on top of that list now pal so uh <laughs> we'll be getting those police line records uh very very soon <laughs> Uh, so that's it. Now we can talk about our main shit. We're doing a special split seven inch. We did a split seven inch a, a few episodes ago. I figured we'd revisit that again uh, for the first time or for the second time and probably lay off it for another few months. But <laughs> I did a vote. I did a vote for a bunch of split seven inches and I am shocked. This one won is the creation is crucifixion slash UNRA split seven inch battle to the death uh, on Willow Tip Records from 1999. I uh I thought I put in acrid bombs of death on the poll and I thought that was the one that was going to win because that's the split yeah. that everybody knows from that time period mm -hmm. and I was like eh, it doesn't even matter what else I put on there but I put this on there and it actually won uh, so I'm I'm very glad and um it means I could throw away the the uh, regular creation is crucifixion seven inch I bought for the show uh, <laughs> now we don't have to do it because we're crossing off that band it's the other thing that sucks is now we're never going to do the unra new attack split but mm. maybe you know maybe we get to episode 600 and we're gonna have to do it or something but, but <laughs> it's not gonna be for a long time but uh yeah this was a split seven inch that i actually bought in real time when it came out in 1999 and i have held on to it ever since then uh mm. spoiler alert the unra song is one of my favorite tracks i've ever heard so there's uh there's that and so i'm glad we get to do it um and also spoiler alert this is only a two track that every uh each band only does one track and uh the packaging is not much to talk about so, so uh <laughs> I, I i didn't do heavy doxing of the bands but i did both bands and i'm sure scott did do it too so yeah. that's uh it, it, but this is this is going to be the 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 most most of the content i think so because i don't think like i said willow tip you know they're, they're pretty historic we could talk about them for a little while but the tracks and the the packaging is going to probably be a, a, a brisk walk so uh yeah we'll talk about this band i guess i'll start off with uh unra unra is from phoenix arizona and uh they were around from oh god the mid to yeah mid to late 90s basically like 94 93 to oh not even that long actually yeah yeah like 95 yeah, ninety five to two thousand. So they're they're even not as around as long as I thought. So, um, let me get back. Sorry, I have so many notes. I have so many three by five index cards all over the place. <laughs> I have to. I do it manually. I don't have a mic stand. I like holding the mic. And I have to do all this stuff. I'm sorry. 
Anyways, uh, so one Mike of those scrum boards going like the, the, yeah, the white. I do. I need one of those. Uh, Mike Biella, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Mike Biella played bass. Uh, he was in Black Hell, label mates of ours, Black Hell. He was also in uh, Wellington, which was a, a band that I hope to do someday on the show. I don't own their seven inch, but Wellington was super good. Uh, he yeah. was more recently in a band or a one man project called Gog, and uh, he's also a noise project guy. So that's uh, a lot of a lot of. St- points taken off already yes um he's also an artist he did the art for the other the setting fire to sinking ships ships unra uh lp and he also did some suicide nation uh suicide nation or suicide note artwork i can't remember the, the one that, yeah. yeah suicide nation yeah um so he's an artist uh not much else on him the only thing that pops up is is gog if you search for him now that's the thing so these guys are from phoenix i don't think there's a lot going on in phoenix i think <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not really a pop in uh, city so all of these guys and all of their projects are constantly constantly being interviewed for phoenix weeklies and it's insane because they play the most aggressive abrasive disgusting music and it's just like say hey, what's up and like like one of these guys ryan butler i think um there's just like a, a one of them like az central or something just has a picture gallery of this guy just like here's some pictures of ryan butler and yeah it's just like what fucking world are we living in where these guys are <laughs> they're basically rock stars in phoenix i guess but so i like yeah so anything you search for these guys like shit like that pops up and it's like it's doesn't help our cause but um bill fees was a drummer he was also in structure of lies he's in urac high a lot of these guys were in all the same bands because i think like i said not a lot going on in phoenix i think they were the phoenix scene in the mid 90s yeah Um, he's also i think more recently an antique scream i could not find anything new about this guy uh ryan butler was a guitarist he was uh in a band called liburnum which is not notable outside of it seems their only recorded music were on two abolition comps so that's a pretty pretty weird footnote to just uh your only like recorded output. I assume they had a demo too, but outside yeah. of their demo, it was just on two comps for put out by Ebullition. Also in Strep- Structure of Lies, also in Uruk High. Uh, mm-hmm. Very oddly in Northside Kings for a while, which is the band yeah. that punched out Danzig. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, in Wellington, of course, and Landmine Marathon. He's uh, unfortunately, I guess, had contracted a rare liver d- disease a few years ago. And the uh, last I could find is he had like a GoFundMe. It didn't hit its goal, but it, I think he made a good chunk of it. And he seemed to be recovering, but that was a couple of years ago. But I assume he's still hanging in there and he's doing better. But I couldn't find anything like super up to date. But yeah. there's that. Uh, Mike Edwards was also in Laburnum. He was the singer. Um, he's uh, he's he's the only guy who's like, hey, I'm Mike Edwards. I'm in, I'm on Instagram. Here's my Instagram. It's not even private. So uh, you could you could pair into his life. He seems like a wholesome dad. He's into being a family guy, and he still has tattoos, and he's into motorcycles and shit like that. But you know, he looks like a wholesome guy, which is. Uh, very strange to me because this guy has one of the ugliest voices I've ever heard. And, uh, <laughs> he's just kind of like a good dude, and that's that's good to know. But it's just strange. Uh, and like I said, yeah, they're just they're just all over uh, Phoenix Weekly. So so if you need to look up anything on any of these guys, you can just uh, Google their names. Do you you want to go band by band, or do you want me to go? Yeah, down yeah, might as well because it'll be a, a long list. Uh, I mean, you got most of the stuff. I got uh, yeah. Gog. I just want to say for Mike Biella's Gog. He's been doing that thing for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is it is abstract noise, and I will say it's pretty rich sounding noise. It's interesting, like if you, you know, it's not just static. He's doing some soundscaping, and there's a lot to it. And sometimes there's doomy guitars, like Sun almost, and uh, some of the stuff is even produced by a Sun related guy named James Plotkin, who's from uh, OLD, who I talked about a couple episodes ago. But it's noise, 
It's still noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and he's been doing it for a long, like almost 20 years, I think. Yeah. Like Gog has been around for a long time and he's, you know, he's in Black Hell and stuff like that. Black Hell, they trade too heavily on the default open E Sabbath riff. And I'm like, like I, if I hand you a guitar and say, play a stoner riff, you're going to play a Black Hell song. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And uh, yeah. So Mike Edwards, I was a little bit nervous about because he, it's a, he, I, I didn't have to do any docs actually for this because, uh, Ryan Butler did an interview. Uh, obviously, like you said, he's interviewed by Norms, <laughs> and he told everybody in prep for the 2015 reunion. Uh, he just told everybody what everyone was up to. So he said, you know, that uh, Mike quit quit music basically, and he's raising his family. And uh, his Facebook says that he owns a pawn shop, which I thought would have been pretty awesome because that's like, <laughs> you know, that's like a, some sketchy business or whatever. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a car salesman, and he repeatedly posts his tag, his name tag, for where he works. And the address and stuff of his car salesman job. I think he wants like hardcore kids to come buy a Honda from him. So he's like, you know, just show up and buy a car for me or whatever. And uh, yeah, he's pretty still pretty visibly punk dude. But from the nature of his posting, I was on the bubble with it. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna scroll. I'm gonna hit yeah, some an- some Trump right. shit. Yeah, I had some anti Same shit. way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pleased to report I didn't find any. I found some lightweight yeah. gun posting, and that's about it. And I was like, phew, thank yeah. goodness. Uh, that band Antique Scream that Bill Fees is doing. Uh, it's psychedelic blues rock. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly just sounds like the blues rock part. They call it blues metal. I strongly challenge the word metal. Uh, <laughs> they seem to be fun guys, but this music is like really, really incompatible with me. And I don't, cause I guess that that structure of lies led to that band. So structure of lies dudes decided to stop doing aggressive death metal and play this like uh, John Spencer blues explosion <laughs> stuff instead or whatever. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> and then uh ryan butler i think ryan butler had the most fun resume you got most of it he was actually in i guess we talked about landmine marathon when we talked about tocolosi yeah tocolosi because someone from that was in that band too and um yeah he's he also participated in a bronx hardcore band named district nine somehow oh wow yeah i don't know if they were relocating to arizona but i think that that band is over because the singer is in jail in arizona now for fighting with his neighbors so i assume the uh the project is over now but the Northside Kings thing is something I knew for a while. It's something that just kept coming up on old message boards. Like, I can't believe the guy from Unrose and Northside Kings. <laughs> so that's like one of the only factoids I've ever had in my brain is that someone from Unrose joined that band. And there's a, like a pretty recent video on YouTube of the guy who punched Danzig gushing about Ryan. And it oh, seems wow. weird. It just seems weird because he just comes right out and he's just, it's just a video of him sitting on a couch talking about what an awesome guy Ryan is. I was like, what is this? Because he hasn't been in the Vikings for a long time. Like, what? Why did I find this? I feel like I'm, I'm in an ARG or something like that, and I'm going to be stabbed. But it's because of the liver transplant thing. Like, he was doing it. He was just coming oh, okay. in to help out and, like, say what a nice guy he is, you know, hmm. send him some money or whatever. But, yeah, it's really weird to Google him and find the Danzig punching guy telling stories about Ryan needing to take a shit on tour or something like that. So <laughs> that's pretty much it. There's no, there's no real no real skeletons in this closet, though, other than being, someone being in a noise no. band, which is always a the worst skeleton of all it's okay we got a skeleton coming up uh, yeah <laughs> i'm sure you found it too uh so creation is crucifixion it was a band from pittsburgh pennsylvania uh from around 1997 to around 2001 i found some videos of them playing after 2001 so yeah um this band is mostly from the old band chapter and yeah. oddly enough the one guy that wasn't in chapter was in abnegation which chapter did a split with so that <laughs> whole entire split seven inches Creationist Crucifixion. I always expected these guys because I was I was never a huge Creationist for Crucifixion fan. I I bought the seven inch for Unra. Um, yeah. I've always been aware of Creationist Crucifixion. 
I've heard songs here and there, but I've never sat sat down and listened to a whole record. And I just kind of knew, like from from what I've heard, I just assumed these guys probably went on to like superstardom of like weird tech bands, but mm-hmm. not really. Like one no. guy, but he was he was in the band beforehand. So, yeah. um, and uh, the other thing that's unclear is there's no real record of who played on this show on this on this uh, seven right. inch. So there's a couple people that I might have different than Scott, but I think those couple people aren't really notable anyways, but we'll see. Uh, so the first is guitarist Paul Nozinski. It's a very Polish name. I can't say it. Uh, he was the guy that was, he was in, that was the guy that was in abnegation. Uh, he's a computer egghead now, big into yes. tech. Yep. Um, if you, if you search this man's name, supercomputer pops up millions yes. of times. His name is uh, synonymous with supercomputer. <laughs> That's even bigger than normal computer. So, yeah. You know, I can't even challenge it. I'm not going to search this guy because the, the deeper I search, he knows. This guy probably, he already knows. Yeah, he, he knows. I'm, I don't, I'm not getting too deep into this man, so I'll yeah. keep it at that. He's a supercomputer. Um, Mike Laughlin played drums. He was uh, he was in Chapter. He was also in Cattle Decapitation before and after this band. I guess he was mm-hmm. in Cattle Decap. He quit, and then once uh, Creation's Crucifixion broke up, he he was back in them. Um, I don't think he's still, I don't know what the status of cattle decapitation is, but I don't know if he's still with him or not. I don't think he is, but, uh, he's also, there's an old interview from 2006 on some, fuck, I forgot the name of the rep. Maybe you remember there's a website. It was called like cooldrummers.com or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. And there's an old picture of him and he definitely has, he's a, definitely a double bass drum guy. So yeah. that's pretty cool. So yeah. that's cool. I believe Chad Schlegel played bass on this. I could be wrong, but it doesn't matter because I couldn't find anything on the guy. <laughs> um, I also believe Scott Mellinger played second guitar on this. Uh, he went on to be in Zao, which is, you know, you hear like the tech metal that Creationist Crucifixion plays and you just feel these guys are, are probably Satan worshipers. Yeah. But it turns out they're not. This At least as one guy is rocking with JC. Mm-hmm. He also does a newer project, which I think already fell apart, called Pack, which is... Uh, well, he's probably doing trying to do to make some money because yeah. it's kind of that money making music. But uh, but uh, that's it. Um, and uh, the big this big skeleton in the closet is Nathan Martin, the vocalist, who is also in Chapter. Uh, you search Nathan Martin Pittsburgh or Nathan Martin Creation's Crucifixion, and uh, you will. I think the first link that pops up is from a website called fastcompany.com. and uh, <laughs> yep, <laughs> and uh, that's you know that's one of those kind of websites that you only. Look at if you're a consultant or some other fucking made up job. And uh, <laughs> the the post is from punk rock anarchist to CEO. Yeah. Uh, how does one go from punk rock, bring down the establishment social anarchist to a CEO working with brands like Nike and Google? The mm-hmm. story of Nathan Martin, the founder of Deep Local, a Pittsburgh-based creative agency that produced a host of culture jamming branding events for major corporations. Uh, Martin is the first to admit that his dreadlock sporting former self uh, keep in mind, I couldn't find any pictures of this guy ever having dreadlocks, but I'll, I'll take their word for it. Um, uh, wouldn't have predicted the line of work he ended up in. In the 90s, Martin was the singer-screamer in a touring punk band, Creationist Crucifixion. Never quite became a household name, but it's a certain had a, it had a certain cachet in the underground scene, enough uh, so that a, re- a recent reunion garnered some media attention. Martin and his bandmates declared themselves anarchists, passing around leftist books published by the Oakland-based AK, a- AK Press. I yeah. forgot to mention that in the little Creationist Crucifixion bio. Is I guess um, as they as they went on longer, they got more and more into you know the actual like activism part mm-hmm. of a uh, punk and hardcore. And I think there are some things that describe them as hacktivists, even which is. Yep. Ooh boy uh yeah. but but anyways this record goes on to blow this guy and it's like it's basically <laughs> like 
like a justification for this guy becoming like kind of a douche i guess like yeah no offense if you ever hear this nathan martin but you know he's just because i guess his company does, does like subversive ads for or he started doing like subversive subversive shit i guess for the, him themselves to like put their name out and now he does it for like adidas and nike and shit like yeah shit yeah, that yeah. makes it seem like these companies are down with you but it's just fucking that's the most worst shit I think you could do. This is worse than just being into Trump, I think, honestly. Like, I'm sure this guy fucking rationalizes it however he wants. Yeah. But uh Oh yeah, he want... does all over their website, in fact. It's yeah. all over the website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want Nike to be like, hey man, I'm your friend. Like, I'm DIY like you. I yeah. don't want that from Nike. I like Nike because I like how it looks. I know it's a horrible company, and there's no kind of subversive message you can put into Nike to make me think we're on the same level. Yeah. And uh, that's this guy's job is to trick me into thinking Mr. Nike and me are friends and yeah. uh, it's never going to be like that. So I don't respect this man at all. And that's, uh, that's the end of my <laughs> creation is crucifixion bio. Yeah. Uh, I found a, a blog called blue skies above us, blue skies above us. I think it was called that I did a little write up on them and it's I think it's worth reading. It's fun. Uh, it says, here's my vague recollections of the show. Both guitarists had the straps on the guitars set very tightly, so the guitars were almost chest high. Their left hands were spider crawling all around the fretboards throughout each song, aka way technical playing. <laughs> there was a five minute break between each song during which the singer Nathan and guitarist Paul would discuss things like artificial intelligence, computers, and how soon the human brain will be binarily coded, how nanotechnology will be able to physiologically man <laughs> manipulate and control us. How the human being is deprecated and soon AI will have control of the world, which is true. So what's kind of funny about most of their lyrics and most of their presentation, it, it is very technical and it does yeah. seem kind of like, you know, JG Ballard, uh, like, you know, like crazy tech stuff. They don't really seem to know that much though. I know they do now. I know the guy is a supercomputer now, <laughs> but at the time they say a lot of just kind of dumb stuff like wires will take us over circuits, <laughs> wires and circuits. We're going to bleed circuits and wires and stuff like that. And then they'll say a weird name. They'll say like, you know, just some computer guy's name in the song. So you go, oh my God, they know what they're talking about. And so like the fact that these guys are just sitting there like having high ideas between songs, like man, someday like AI. Uh, but I think it's cool. I mean, I think everybody, well, maybe not everybody, but I think when a lot of people start a project, they want their simple idea to coagulate into something pretty elaborate. And sometimes they put that first. So like, Imagine if you decide you're going to write a comic book today, if the first thing you started to think of was your cinematic universe, like you didn't draw the guy fighting a crime. You just started thinking about like, how am I going to connect all the characters I got to make up and, yeah, and yeah, make yeah. them into a cinematic universe. And people do that with bands too. They want their bands to be like a gang or a cult and this multi in a multimedia thing. And they want to have, you know, all this showmanship and all this, a lot of people get that idea in their heads pretty quick. And creation is crucifixion kind of did that. Like they yeah. did it. They, started out as a complicated tech political shred core band and then became some kind of arts collective, not just by naming themselves collective. Like a lot of us did, like they didn't do, they didn't do iceberg collective shit and just put the word in there that they became some kind of weird collective. And then, yeah, they morphed into a bunch of actual techno monsters in real life, horrible technical <laughs> techno people. And uh, I think that that's interesting. Like it, not a lot of people get to live that dream for however craven and terrible the ultimate uh, realization of that dream is. Um, but yeah, I didn't know who was on the record, so I just grabbed the three main guys. I don't even know mm -hmm. who the other other two are, are like because that was enough. Uh, yeah. yeah, so Paul Paul Novajinsky is a supercomputer man, and what he does now is uh, he's like an inventor. Even he's got his name in a bunch of patents. Um, he optimizes the way a lot of data goes in and out of storage. That's what it seems to be that he does. 
So he, he developed a thing called an infinite memory engine, which I don't, it, it, they really beat around the bush about what this fucking thing does. Like <laughs> they try and make it into like, you know, visualize your co corporate strategy with blah, blah, blah. But I think it just spits your data at a lot of disks at once. So instead of like mm -hmm. writing to one disk, it just shoots it to like dozens and dozens of disks. So I hope you have money. I hope your company <laughs> has money because you have to buy a lot of disks to use this stuff, millions of disks. And, uh, and most of his company's pitch is also about supporting AI in specific. So we'll have him to thank when like literally every paying job in the world is done by a JavaScript and nobody can eat anymore. Um, uh, the drummer, Michael is still a drummer. He's in a bunch of tech shred bands. He's in the auto replicant Tartarus, Darketa. And he also has a career in tech, but I think he's just, I think he's in a good natured version of it. he's tech support for a company that makes like the machines that talk for you when you're paralyzed okay, and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, that, you know, that's not, that doesn't seem bad. I don't know. Unless it becomes like that, uh, that one anime where the hospital bed becomes a, <laughs> a bot and takes over the city. That would be bad. Um, and then, yeah, Nathan's, uh, Nathan, uh, Nathan Martin's internet footprint is, is not great it's see i figure he's got to be the main mover and shaker right he's got to be the guy who's like you we should be a collective activist collective yeah 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 he's got to be that guy um because he was he, he says that he ran the carbon defense league which became their thing that was their thing where they became uh an arts collective and they did a lot but the thing that they did that uh most people know about or that they talk about a lot is this thing called child as audience did you read about this at all no not really i saw okay. it but i didn't really read about it so they they made an album the creation is crucifixion album and it's just a regular album sounds like them and it came with uh, the album and a booklet about how the youth are oppressed by capitalism and a bunch of software and a bunch of instructions on how to make a custom game boy game and they say that it's targeted at teen boys like <laughs> this record was like <laughs> meant for teen boys to find it and become uh hacktivists or whatever so the game that it comes with is called super kid fighter and you can watch it on youtube and it's very bad it's <laughs> It's kind of like a really busted looking RPG where you, you cut class to score with hookers, mess with churchgoers, smoke crack, uh, find, and you got to find your way to a brothel. <laughs> and it's, it's really juvenile. I'm not sure what it's supposed to teach you. I'm not sure what, I mean, other than just being a rude thing to <laughs> give a kid for their Game Boy, like the reward for winning is a Game Boy style picture of either a naked man or a naked woman you get to choose. And I guess they made 25 of these actual games. They made 25 cartridges and kind of drop lift them, drop lifted them into stores or returned them or something so that they would be sold to kids or something like that. And uh, like, yeah, it's not like politicizing. There's no message. It's just you smoke crack and you find hookers. And <laughs> that's, that's the game. But yeah, Nathan took all this cool anarchist culture jamming and used it to build a digital marketing company, a digital marketing company that brags about starting as disruptive anarchists all over their website. Their site actually says, in the early 2000s, Nathan Martin was leading a collective called the Carbon Defense League and fronting a grindcore band called Creationist Crucifixion. He began collaborating with like-minded artists and engineers at the studio for creative inquiry at Carnegie Mellon, and Deep Local began as a spin-off of this art technology lab. And soon after, he was disrupting the industry with the first use of robotics in advertising called the Nike Chalkbot, and the rest is history in the making. And then all over the place, it's like, we're disruptors by trade. We come from grindcore and punk. <laughs> And that's what we're going to bring to your brand. Their clients are Facebook, TikTok, <laughs> Netflix. Like, there's, don't get me wrong. I'm not out there crime thinking and shit. I have a job too. And my job, some of the things I do for money make my skin crawl. I'm no better than this guy. But you wouldn't catch me making this pitch on yeah, my yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> like, wouldn't qu I'm not like, I'm, I'm qualified to do your email marketing because I was in a doom band in my 20s. That's, that's what I bring to the table. But that's what he's doing, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's a strange pivot. And to yeah. try and be like, I don't know, to try and rationalize it. Just, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever makes you sleep at night, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we can talk about Willow Tip Records. Willow Tip was a record label started in 1998 that's still going. Mm-hmm. It's uh, from Pittsburgh. Their motto has always been forward-thinking metal. And uh, they have one of the coolest names, one of the coolest logos. This is probably the record label I respect the most uh, that has the most music I never, ever listened to. Because... <laughs> yeah. uh, I think their their whole aesthetic, everything about Willowtip has been cool from day one, but man, they lost me like years ago. Yeah. But uh, they seem to start out just to put out Creation's Crucifixion and Circle of Dead Children stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Circle yep. of Dead Children is a band that I saw that name. I was like, oh, I remember them. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been a while, but uh, yeah. So all their first releases, this is really this is uh, Willowtip number four. So all their first releases are either creation or, or circle of dead children, but they put out some, they put out like so much cool legendary shit. Fate of Icarus, um, Harikari commit suicide, the year of our Lord, which we talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. A very early misery index, the phallic carnage, early phallic carnage, um, watchmaker they were a big one i remember hearing watchmaker for the first time being like this is fucking crazy shit uh <laughs> i and dissonance there's another crazy fucking band yeah and uh Crowpath, naraxis so many bands from like that or that time where you're just like mind-blowingly weird and tech and uh over time they've just kind of like morphed into just the most techiest tech death and tech grind there yeah. is uh recently i think by recently mean 2018 they put out a record uh, by this band, which I believe is just a, a one-man band, but I think, I don't know if they play out or not, called Slugja. Yeah. Like Sludge, and uh, that's one of my favorite things to come out in the last 10 years as far as yeah. kind of like uh, tech death goes, and uh, I'm always waiting for a new Slugja to come out, but it's, I don't <laughs> think, I think that guy's done with it, but yeah, yeah so like, even though like, uh, yeah, like this newer stuff, like I'm sure it's great, but I, I have no idea, man. I have no idea what, what any of this new shit is, but it's still like the same deal. It's just, I think it's more, it's just more off of my radar now than, than the early stuff. But yeah, man, this, this record label, like never like faltered. They never, uh, started putting out like butt rock or anything like that. Nope, nope, it's nope. just, it's just slowly morphed into like kind of tech metal into just straight up tech grind and tech death. They, this dude knows what he likes, Jason Tipton, and uh, <laughs> he's still putting it out to this day. So, so yeah, much power to you, man. It's it take it's fucking hard to. I mean, I guess it's been yeah, it's twenty, fuck, almost twenty five years, man. Yeah, and he's yeah, still yeah. he's still he's still into this shit. So yeah, um, I don't know. Just all the luck to you, Willow Tip. You're you're a great label. I hope you never <laughs> stop. Even though I haven't listened to one of your releases in the past like seven years, I think. Um, it's kind of a bummer of a label for me. Or it was because <laughs> I felt like any time a band I was into wound up on Willow Tip, whatever they put out next would be kind of flat and boring. Uh, not, not, not it's not it's i don't think it's a lot either i think it's just a couple of key like what i mean the year of our lord was a big one frozen divide by year of our lord is an all-time desert island metal record for me i love that record and then the thing that put they the, the full length they put out on willow tip is terrible it's like huh. really weak really flat really bad sounding everything about it is boring it was a huge bummer i was like oh shit they're gonna do a full length and it's like i don't know what they were doing i think that they wanted to be more black metal and less of the sort of hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They just, it sounds like they recorded it onto like a rice Krispies box or something like that. It's really just not, <laughs> not great. And th- so I'm like, I, that's how I think of them is that they're like a place where cool, uh, you know, metallic, like metal, metal, hardcore bands went to die. Like 
<laughs> just didn't like the stuff that came out there anymore. But I'm wrong. I'm looking down the discography and there's so much good stuff all the way down the chain. And the stuff that they put out recently, like Ulcerate and Slugge and all the ugly tech death, that's my bread and butter these days. I love all this. I, I wonder where the dividing line was, like between when they were, you know, tanking yeah. the 90s metalcore bands and collecting all these 2010s, like Sega Genesis metal bands that I like. Um, but, I, you know, I like to make this about me. I like to make this section about me whenever I can. So I knew Arsis was on this label and I did something for Arsis. I wasn't in the band, but I did something for them and I forget which record I was on. So I, I look, I just looked myself up on Discogs and though, although I'm not on Willow Tip, I did discover that someone apparently took one of my old band's releases and put it on a Japanese split with oh, a beat, man. with a beat down band. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a Japanese beat down named band, beat down band named 43 urban and their Discog says it should be pronounced Fortray, Fortray <laughs> urban. It's very local sounding. Uh, it says it's for, it says it's from 2001. I've never heard of them. We had nothing to do with this. They have a band photo of us that I don't know how they could have gotten. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't ever online. We weren't. It was just like this band is kind of like not really internet. -y. We were from the old days. And I don't know, like it was on Teddy Tall's label. I don't know if he sold his label to the Japanese or something. Like that. <laughs> but, oh, wow. Falkirk. Yeah. But oh uh, more crazy. importantly, <laughs> yeah, they just put the whole thing and the liner notes are right. And all the information is correct. It's $20. I'm never going to be able to even buy this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but most importantly, Mike, Mike I'm, I'm finally label mates with Grimlock after all these years. <laughs> oh, my God. That's insane. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm going to guess they didn't tell Grimlock either that they were on a split with a Japanese metalcore band. And I don't think they probably informed Aftershock that they're on a split with a band named Dive. Dive also have a very fishy looking split with Vision of Disorder. I doubt they told Vision of Disorder <laughs> by the looks of things. I doubt they had any any put. So I'm kind of wondering what might have been. Like I wonder if I have a name in the Japanese beatdown scene. If they remember me. And like, Check it out. There's Scott from that pussy band from the other side of the four trace split. There he is. That's <laughs> Aftershock was huge in Japan, so they they yeah. they they might know. Uh, Dive right. was I think was a band from Massachusetts, so no Dive is a Japanese band. One. They're a Japanese post-hardcore oh. band, so they're the Japanese okay. side. They're the one who's collecting oh, okay. um, <laughs> American metalcore <laughs> bands and putting out their work over there. <laughs> I don't know. That's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Now it's time to get this record out onto a tray. Nice. Yes. Uh, where did I put? Oh, there it is. Um, so this record is it's it's very simple. It's a uh, this record is a, a blank cardboard heavy duty mailer, and uh, it just has like a sticker ribbon going around the whole thing that has the pertinent info, like Creationist Crucifixion, Unrest, Split Seven Inch Battle to the Death, mm -hmm. and on the the back the back uh, ribbon you could get the uh, the song the track titles and also a Willow Tip Hotmail email and a tripod uh, <laughs> website <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> members.tripod.com uh, till day Willow Tip. That's yep. how you get there, and. Uh, and the inside is very simple too. There's just two little pieces of paper that have the lyrics of the song title on it, and uh, that's it. There's no there's no info on the bands or anything like that. And I I noticed when I looked on Discogs, I never knew this is that there was two European tour versions of this, which I don't know if that was like a tour they did together. Or I could see Creationist Crucifixion going there. I don't know if if Unra participated right. in this tour, but <laughs> the tour version doesn't even seem to have the mailer. It just seems to be two records in a transparent sleeve so handed a naked record in your hand they just handed yeah. it to you. just getting a, a raw record uh yeah so um with that said though this is one of my all-time favorite packages for a record i uh, i love this so much i've i've it i've always loved it i've loved it so much that 
the at-war with Shadow 7-inch rips this off. And it was, mm-hmm. it was completely from this record. I got the idea from it. So, Nathan Martin, if you thought this up, I have a little more respect for you now. Yeah. Because uh, and it's weird because I don't know how people would take this to like this day if they would look at this and just think it's stupid because I think you know crazy packaging is so normal now it's not like yeah it's not like every like t- in order to sell a record now you have to have kind of flashy packaging or something some kind of gimmick to the packaging so it's uh it's tough to say if, if like people look at this and just think it's fucking stupid now but at the time like every every record looked the same like like you as the the craziest you got was like hydrahead and it, they weren't really doing crazy stuff packaging wise they were just they had like high-end design for the type yeah. of music they were doing uh but this is like this really sticks out like the car scott can't feel the cardboard but this is real thick this is like real heavy <laughs> duty like you could probably shoot this and it wouldn't make a hole on, on both ends <laughs> and uh the glue still works on my copy i've had it for over 20 years now and uh it's yeah i just i love this packaging it's very simple it's it's very to the point and i you know i kind of wish there was a little more on the inside i think it was a little more than just a couple pieces of tiny photocopied paper with lyrics but uh but outside of that this is just perfect packaging for me i love it so much it's so simple so to the point it stuck out so much in 1999 uh so yeah i just love this yeah i I assume that this was a creationist crucifixion joint that this was their idea because like (laughs) Uh, uh, they have other records that sort of look at least in the visual vein of this and Unruh does not. No, uh, at no, all. no. They, they favor the busy illustrations and like, like a lot of, a lot of visual interest on their records and, uh, yeah. creation's crucifixion is a little bit more minimal and it kind of makes sense. I don't mind that this is minimal at all. I think like this is 1999. Everyone was all about like Radiohead and uncle and all those weird IDM labels, designers Republic, like, uh, all that stuff that it was cool to make things that look like, clever Japanese travel products. Like you would open it up to get something to get like your, uh, you know, like a, a chip out of it or something like that. And um, I like, I like the cardboard sleeve. I like that OB label. I could definitely have seen myself doing something like this yeah. just to save a few bucks. Cause we did things that were to save. We, we made a record that we put, or made a CD that we put into like old floppy disk sleeves. We got a bunch of floppy disks for like 10 bucks or something like that and spray painted them. That's fun. Do stuff like that. I think that it's cool to do things like this. Uh, the only nitpicks for me are basically everything related to Willow Tip. They Willow Tip does have a good logo. They didn't put it on here. They just typed their name in like a, <laughs> I don't know what you would call that font. It's kind of like a, a, a yeah. sort of a wedding invite font, but not even that. And and they, it's like the crowded ass little label info and that members.tripod.com tilde Willow Tip uh, ass website. That's no good. Hotmail <laughs> email. I mean, you know, 99, you could have something better than Hotmail going on even back then. I think the insert could have had better typography, but I can I can get it. I get that they were, they're going for some sort of you know car crash of broken technology stuff going on. I I could almost envision bands like this sticking a bunch of acetate manifestos in there rather than the sensible lyric sheet. Yeah. So the fact that they just give you lyrics is fine. <laughs> I'm glad that they just <laughs> gave me something that's actually meaningful to the record and didn't just give me a bunch of like random pointless bullshit and stuff to make me feel bad about drinking out of plastic bottles or something like that. <laughs> and um, the record label itself should be okay, but the vector graphics aren't. They ain't it. Mm. Something's wrong with these vector graphics. I don't know who's in charge here, but they're going to Illustrator jail for one month because uh, <laughs> they have the little vector things and they made them all different scales, all different sizes. They don't really relate. You did run, And I don't even know what's in the middle. There's some kind of little thing in the middle that I can barely <laughs> even see what that is. It's just a little thumbprint of more tech stuff you screwed up man I, I guess yeah now looking at it you're right I, I thought it was pretty clean and pretty cool but you are right it's uh <laughs> you're completely right they fucked up <laughs> they fucked up you fucked up guys 
Okay, we can get to these tracks. Like I said, there's only one track for each band. And uh, the other cool thing I forgot to mention is they don't label it side A and side B. And hmm. um, I've never really thought this clinically about split seven inches and if they do that regularly. So yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's cool. They don't label it. Just side unrest slash uh, side creation. So we're that's both A cool. and we're both B, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Very uh, harmonic. Uh, I guess we could start with creation as crucifixion then because they're the okay. C band. Uh, their track is called, this is a mouthful, guys. It's called Subversion as a Tactical Metaphor, a.k.a. Technology is Our Iron Lung, a.k.a. Species Trader. <laughs> And yeah, I don't know. I don't like. One day, maybe we could we could we could chase the tra- uh, trace the lineage of who started the long bullshit name thing. But yeah. <laughs> I feel like they are pretty early adapters. Uh, yeah. Nineteen ninety nine, and they're doing this. I think they've never not done this. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they started in like ninety five or so or ninety seven. So uh, they might have been they might have been one of the first to to do this dumb fucking stupid long <laughs> non names <laughs> for songs. So I respect it. If you guys were really the first and you weren't biting off other people, I respect that. Yeah. Um, so it's safe to say I hardly listened to this side when I was, uh, you know, coming up listening to this not for podcasts because uh, the under side is just what I bought it for, anyways. But so, so I don't have as much familiarity with this side, but I've heard it enough. Um, this is very tech, very tech metalcore. It's uh, right on the tolerance line for this stuff for me. I don't. I have like a a huge, huge problem with uh, with like fucking riff buffet kind of metalcore it's just yeah. uh i don't like i don't like jam bands i don't like anything that's not structurally <laughs> sound so like for somebody just go it's just like it's too much for my brain um yeah. i don't know how anybody got to do it but i like this in small doses like i think i think what they're doing like it sounds like i should I, I shouldn't say the recording sounds it but it sounds like you know like heavy like it sounds good and yeah. you know uh, menacing i guess i would say it sounds kind of menacing it's not just like technical fucking wanking going on so it's uh so like i said i've never heard like i've never sat down and listened to a full lp of these guys i doubt i ever will but in one song burst i'm cool with it um yeah. it's kind of impressive how wild the music is technically and how simple the singer is because this guy is still in like chapter mode where he's just going <laughs> uh, 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 uh. yeah and it's just like you know and everybody in this band like the fucking guitarist has eight fingers playing like yeah all this stupid shit and the drummer is just pounding the shit out of everything all at once yeah and uh this guy's just going bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> it's like so uh i think that backs scott's uh whole thing of this guy being the puppet master of the band because i don't know why you would not kick this guy out immediately and be <laughs> like we should get some guy with more range for what we're doing <laughs> so so he must have been the puppet master he must have been the idea man 
um, there about a minute in, there is an absolute neck breaking breakdown, like one of the heaviest breakdowns uh, yeah. put on recording. And uh, they should have honestly just ended it right there. They should have yep. just wrapped it up. Said, okay, we'll call it a day. The song is going to be a minute and a half, not four minutes. We're going to just wrap it up because <laughs> we're not going to do anything better than this in our whole entire lives than this fucking just disgusting breakdown. It's so good. Just yeah. skip right to that. Just turn this podcast off and go to 110 in this song or whatever it is and just uh, fucking bang <laughs> your head as hard as you can. Um, sonically, there's a, there's a lot that's maybe not correct uh, mix-wise, I think. like I don't, I don't know if this is on purpose because it kind of sounds like shit. It doesn't sound like a band that I think would tolerate sounding like shit on a record and i don't yeah. think willow tip would tolerate it either but scott just said they make everything sound flat so maybe that is maybe yeah. that's what willow tips into i don't know now but <laughs> this sounds like like the guitar sounds so weak but at the same time the drums sound like they're kicking me right in the stomach mm-hmm. and it's just like they're on like different like i don't know like can't you make the guitar sound like that too like why the guitar <laughs> sound like a fucking kazoo man Use that knob for both <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you don't just have to have one or the other so like i like i said i don't know if it's on purpose i don't know if it's scott's theory that willow tip is the flat label or or uh what it is what what's going on but uh, <laughs> the flattest label in hardcore <laughs> <laughs> but uh i could have used a different mix on this song um and this also ends with a soundscape so million yeah. points deducted for that million points oh, deducted yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, this is this is fine for what it is. It's not really my joint, but uh, I could I could respect it. So I learned about Nathan being the CEO from the a Vice article. It's it's okay. it's more it's more uh, casual than the other one, and it's it's called from DIY hardcore vocals to tech company CEO. It's the same topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of it, it's a good article. But I think the interviewer is friends with Nathan because he kind of busts his balls and asks normal questions, something like that. But <laughs> eventually, the eventually the article just lapses into like letting Nathan talk for paragraphs after paragraphs about how cool his company is. So I don't know if the interviewer got up to go to the bathroom and Nathan just grabbed the mic and was like, listen, deep, deep local is all about prioritizing your, your company's vision for blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's crazy how it just lapses into him, him and his voice and no more questions for about last, like it's scrolling four pages. But, uh, he at like the guy asked him straight up. He's like, "Why do your records sound like shit?" <laughs> okay. And uh, he he kind of he says, "Yeah, they do. They like we always record it on a budget, or we go into studio like re- we go into real studios, but at off hours with whatever guy like whatever janitor was around to, <laughs> to hit the buttons and questionable producers." And he says, and he he just says, "I think we sucked at it, and we didn't have anyone telling us how to make it better, so we just okay. went with it, and good enough was okay because we just wanted to keep putting out records." So. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, whatever they printed, they would bring like, it out to their car and listen to it. Like, yeah, I get that. that's a record. We'll put that maybe, out. Maybe, like, I, I guess I don't have, like, a as much experience with people who play this type of music on guitar. Yeah. But I just can't imagine anybody who's, like, this technical on guitar would yeah. tolerate bullshit. But I guess, you know, I guess it takes all kinds, I guess. Well, uh, there's a lot of people out there who can, who shred and who can play but don't know what their stuff is supposed to sound like. And I've been in those bands uh, yeah. where, where the people, like, are really... <laughs> technical players but they're playing through amps that you wouldn't you know that you wouldn't yeah. set on fire for uh, if, you, <laughs> if you had the choice um but yeah i think all that's pretty evident this is a this is a very weird recording like, i remember when that first big lamb of god album came out uh uh new new american gospel or whatever it was yeah yeah, yeah. The, which we also ripped off we ripped off that record and this record for that <laughs> cover <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i remember listening to it and going these drums are weird they sound like flappy like <laughs> they sound like <laughs> and then that big Slipknot album came out, and it same the same weird flappy farty drums. And I was like, <laughs> "Is it someone passing around like a drum patch? Ninety nine, two thousand? Is everyone using the same drum patch or something like that?" 
they all get these like <laughs> like the kick drums sound really weird the bait the, the snare sounds really weird and then those really intense double bass parts it sounds like cannons there's a few parts yeah. in this where they really go to the bah, 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 and it's yeah. like those parts rule they're you're, they're like you're being <laughs> shot at yeah um some saving private ryan or something like that you're being like <laughs> hailed in, in bullets and uh the the spider finger relentless shred is also obvious but it's really hard to tell if there's any theory or structure because you know a lot of the stuff that sticks out is pretty random and chromatic sounding like they're just going <laughs> they're just like they are literally just spidering around the neck and and i mean they seem to be playing together so they're not making it up on the spot but i i don't know if if there's any like music in there or if they're just going for it um this is a, but this is a real wood chipper this is a wood chipper of parts frets drums shouting it's just like checking out a cool tornado there's barely anything to like latch on to or <laughs> and if, if that's your bag that's fine i think that that's i think this is like exciting and crazy for one track one track of this yeah. is cool um i i think it but i think if they landed on like a menacing groove or a centerpiece or just did one <laughs> thing that was cool you'd remember it and it would be more impactful that they were spazzing out for a, for a while. <laughs> but you know, like I played, I think we did. I don't know if you played with them too, but my, uh, my old, my band Montaburo played with the end a few times. Yeah, and yeah. I was, I was always excited to see them. They had the exact same affliction, just shred screaming noise, <laughs> blasting, nothing I'd ever want to listen to at home, but everything was relentless. And they were also relentlessly tall and skinny. So it was like watching a bunch of slender mans and, <laughs> and i loved it i loved seeing them live they were crazy and they would they would swirl around in the room and stuff they had crazy eyes i was like this is fun to see i'm glad to see this so i could see cic being like a fun thing to see live i'm sure it was yeah. uh great to put your hand in that blender once in a while <laughs> <laughs> and go home <laughs> uh next side is on side and their track is called in the last half hour Some say the perfect song doesn't exist. And, uh, <laughs> those people have never heard Unruh's in the last half hour. Yeah. The song is easily makes uh, Mike all, Mike's all time slam jams top one hundred, probably even the top fifty. I just I think the song is great. Uh, Unruh was a band that I liked immediately, and I think they just kept getting better and better until the end. I don't think they released one bad thing, and uh, even the, even their first thing is just perfect to me. But this is like this I think encapsulates everything I liked about this band. Um, I'm obviously a big fan. If, if you've heard me talk about Gehenna, I'm a big fan of this vocalist, um, yeah. and uh, he's just he's he's on top of his game here. Uh, the song is like it's very emotional. It's about uh, this dude finding out one of his, I guess, best friends died, and uh, that's the lyric. The lyrics are just about that, and they're they're very simple lyrics. There's not a lot of them. 
they're very to the point. There's a little flowery, like kind of you know, devils talking and stuff like that in this, but it's just like very upfront and it's uh, it's emotional. This is like I know like a lot of bands like try to be emotional, but this is like a very emotional song. Like you feel this, and uh, I'm not an emotional person, but I listen to this and I'm like, man, this is fucked. Yeah. And uh, that's how I feel about this. This is like a fucking really like strong emotional song to me, and it's heavy as hell. It's one of the heaviest songs I've ever heard. Um, it starts off with a re- woman just repeating some of the lyrics and then it just goes right into it. It's, um, it has like, you know, blasting, like blast fast beats, like I guess almost black metal influence. Um, uh, but it's just disgustingly heavy the whole entire time. It never, it never lets up. It's like, it doesn't let up, uh, when it go- goes fast, it's still heavy as hell. And the whole song is just like a whirlwind. It's just like, it just never stops. And before you could even think about it it's just like and let it sink in it's over and it's just like i think it's the perfect song to encapsulate found finding out like someone you love died because it's yeah. just like it's just like a whirlwind in your head and then it's just over and it's it's just i think it it, it captures that feeling better than any kind of aggressive heavy song ever can because let's be honest aggressive songs are kind of dumb <laughs> like it's not yeah. like you know you don't sit down and listen to an aggressive song like because you're emotional um mm-hmm. so it's just weird to capture that in such a heavy disgusting ugly song uh this is just one of the best heavy songs i think I've ever written and uh <laughs> you know like I, i'm i mean it might sound hyperbolic but i just really really love this song it's one of my favorite songs i'm uh so glad i own this record and uh if you've never heard the song Please, please, like, listen to the version we're not talking over because it's uh, it's only like a minute and a half, too. It's just a, a yeah. perfect, perfect song. A while ago, we talked about the band Sons of Abraham, and I'm not, I'm not just talking about this because the guy's in our group now. That I don't, I don't. <laughs> This is a song. I think, I think about this song a lot because the first time I saw them, I didn't know what to expect. My friend John was friends with them, I guess, and he's like, oh, yeah, they're all Jewish straight edge band. You're going to love it. And I was like, all right. Uh, <laughs> it didn't conjure any images. <laughs> What's the difference? But their opening song uh was one of those songs that just sounds like a huge finale like right away you're right in the middle of like the big exciting final battle of the movie and it stays there for a while and it's like it's immediately exciting and i liked it immediately but that's also a deadly game to play because what do you do next (laughs) like if you (laughs) you give them the exciting part right right at the beginning like what is the next thing and this song reminds me of that because this and it solves the problem because it's the only song you get from them. So it doesn't matter what was going to come next. They didn't have to show you anything else. They just drop you in the middle of a mini apocalypse with a big sounding riff. And then they're done. Like, I hope you like that. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> and, um, you know, they give you a couple of like really cool grindy Transylvania riffs. We'll call them now. Uh, some blast beats some black apart. I think you get your money's worth uh, for this song. And then everything's over. It's just a song, a, a song that knocks everything over and leaves. And I like Unra. I've always liked them. Uh, they, I think they almost always have this kind of exciting sound. All this, it's like everything's, they're always at the end of the world, but setting fire to sinking ships is a lot like that. Yeah. It's just nonstop Armageddon. It's just an <laughs> album full of all, always Armageddon. When you're 22, that's great, but I'm 71 now. It's nice to have like a ketchup <laughs> packet of you know, eschatology <laughs> instead of the whole buffet at once all the time. And I love the production on this. I don't know what I love about it, but I just like, I always love the unrod drum, drum sound. They sound like drums that are meant for like another genre of music. Like this is like, like <laughs> they accidentally hired the guy from the spin doctors or something to produce. <laughs> and so you get like this world-class drum production or something on a record. Uh, and it's so good. Like it really sticks out. Like the snare really, you know, cracks like, like it's from <laughs> Def Leppard or something like that. And these vocals are perfect. Like yeah. this is the best. I think this is the best of these kind of disgusting vocals that I think I've ever heard. It doesn't sound like a technique. It just sounds like you let someone loose and he's having his fingernails peeled off and he's like singing about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh 
this is dangerously far from being full sound this whole record uh <laughs> and i don't know which i respect more like creation's crucifixion they gave us f- like like three or four minutes and then some yeah. noise that's a cop out is it better <laughs> to have just given me like a minute and a half <laughs> for my money or to try and pad the record and try and like tip the scales i don't know but this is probably the most perfect side of a record I think we've done so far uh, in terms yeah. of like how, the, how satisfied I was. I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I got that one song. I'm like, yeah, good. I'm done. Well, there you have it. There's the record. Uh, pretty, pretty simple stuff. Um, I guess, uh, you know, I do a little, little rating system. I either say uh, you got to throw it in the trash. You got to buy it for a bargain bin price. I'm sorry. You got to throw it in the trash. You got to stream it. Or you got to buy it for bar- bargain bin prices. Or you got to buy it for full price. Or you got to buy it for collector's prices. I was kind of surprised to see that this isn't like a, I mean, you could get this for three or four bucks, which is yeah. pretty crazy. Like, I I don't know how much, how many Willow Tip pressed of these, but I, they seem to be like a pretty pro label as soon as they were out of the gate. So maybe they pressed like 5,000 of these or something, but mm-hmm. um, it's not like, you know, there there's, there's some dreamers that want 15, $20 for this record, but <laughs> there's so many other people that are selling it for three or four bucks and I, maybe it's just because of the packaging as a turnoff to people. I don't know, but it seems like a record that should be at least five or ten dollars, but it's not. Uh, so you can get this for pretty cheap. Um, I'm not going to go full collector's prices because I'm not over the moon with Creationist Crucifixion. Uh, but this is definitely full price. But you know, just bypass that. Go to stateofmindrecordings.com and buy mm-hmm. the Unra Triple LP discography, and then you could have this song <laughs> and Setting Fire to Sinking Ships and all of the other great Unra stuff in one package for thirty nine bucks. So. Yeah. Go stateofmindrecordings.com. But no, seriously, this is uh, a full price record all day for me. I think if you are into like heavy, ugly music, you should own anything by Unra anyways. But if you don't own this uh, seven inch and you were into packaging and stuff like that, just pick it up for three or four dollars. <laughs> it's, it's so cheap. It yeah. should be way more. I don't know if it'll ever go up in price, but it should be way more in my eyes. So just pick it up. So this is called a split seven inch battle to the death. <laughs> I think we have to define our terms. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Should the winner be the band with the coolest song who won over the most fans or or brought the most bloodshed in the pit or the one who got the most violent and confusing and challenging <laughs> sounding? I'm kind of old, so I don't give a fuck about challenging music. I <laughs> At 19 or 20, I think this would have been a hard decision because I would have heard the creationist crucifixion side and been blown away because it's like the audio equivalent of watching Tetsuo the Iron Man. It's yeah. just a whole <laughs> bunch of screaming about wires and upgrading your RAM and... <laughs> <laughs> the music sounds like a malfunctioning washing machine and like someone practicing their scales on top of it. And I would have definitely sunk in my young shred vampire teeth into that. I would have been like, Oh, this is the most nutty thing I've ever heard. I wanted to do this. And I can't say if Unra opened up that pit, I've watched a few videos <laughs> and uh, there's, there's only a few videos that you can find easily on YouTube. And it looks like they had the 2001 metalcore crowd response several years early, like people yeah. patiently watching, liking it. <laughs> we had this problem. We'd like people liked our bands. But no one did anything to it. They just like no. watch us and like nod approvingly and stuff like that. But I know when I should mosh on the Unrust side. And I don't know when to mosh on the Crazy and the Crucifixion side. So that's the winner to me as an old person. It's an exciting <laughs> and sick sounding song. Everything just adds up. I think the whole record is cool. I don't think you're getting your money's worth, but I think the whole record is cool. I think like getting <laughs> two different flavors like this, they're both a really state of the art version of it. Like you're getting the best of whatever you, you would call it. Uh, if this tumbled backward in time to land on my 1999 turntable, I would have wanted to form a band to play both parts. I would have, said, I would have <laughs> had a really sick riff that that went into this like salad part. Uh, 
<laughs> and we definitely we would have played to Albany's most cavernous fuck you horseshoe of all time if we if I had formed that band. So I'm going to give this record four horseshoes out of five. <laughs> well, there you have it. There's uh, the split seven inch. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, the perennial second place runner up Swizz. I decided mm-hmm. to to stop the voting for several episodes because uh, I've run out of cool records. <laughs> I need yeah. to restock with that Patreon money. I need, yeah. need to restock with uh, the Police Line discography. We're going to do a whatever three or four episode <laughs> uh, <laughs> dive into all Police Line records, and uh, we'll talk about them later. But but no, seriously, Swizz will be next week. Uh, until then, do you have any last words, Scott? <laughs> And uh, April April is police line month. Check back here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck Charlie Davis. <laughs>